everything's ready here on the dark side of the moon, play the five tones. I have doubts about myself uh, in both worlds. Yeah, I, I, every movie I, I, I make, at every movie I start, I don't think I can pull it off. When you go onto a set in the morning for a movie, you nervous? I, it's the same feeling I get going to work every morning is the feeling I got going to school every day. Being a bit of an outsider and not being normal and not quite getting good grades, not being able to compete. And I, my tummy is shook, as my mom would call it. So, and I'm a different animal to, you know, Pete, Fred, you know, Alan, whoever. We're all different uh, human beings, and therefore I react to things in different, different ways. So, there's nothing, there's no generic learning process. The one learning process is to get a camera, go do it. There's no excuse right now. We don't need to. doubts about myself uh, in both worlds. When you go onto a set in the morning for a movie, you nervous? Yeah, every morning. I, it's the same feeling I get going to work every morning is the feeling I got going to school every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's check-in episode. Everything you just heard was mixed live on brand new gear that we have from our uh, sponsors. Uh, for thanks to our sponsors, we got all sorts of brand new equipment. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm hanging out today with Liam. Say hello, Liam. Hello, Liam. <laughs> How you doing this morning, buddy? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's actually a night for me, or at least it's. I stayed up, so it's still yesterday. Oh, really? Right. <laughs> yeah. How did? Uh, what did you think of the intro? That was some badass shit, man. Right? 
It's uh, it's uh, I spent all day yesterday figuring out um, the new roadcaster. So I was able to load in all like these really cool quotes. You'll be hearing quotes from Spielberg from back in the, I think that was in the early '80s, and then a little quote from uh, Sir Ridley Scott uh, mixed into Code Electro stuff, all live. Pretty cool, right? Hell yeah, that was that was Ridley who was like, "There's no excuse." Yeah, no excuse, man, no excuse. I've got all sorts of really fun things in here too. So I've got like, uh, you know, you're a small petty, you're a small petty man. <laughs> I've got a bunch of insults for you in here, all loaded and ready to go, buddy. So get, get ready. <laughs> Fucking ecstatic. Um, but uh, super excited about all this gear. And if you guys can hear it, um, the voice is a little bit different. Uh, I got one of those really nice Shure SM7B microphones and spent some time uh, tweaking it out. Um, and Liam, you're going to be fucking amped because, uh, one of the reasons why I had a little bit of trouble getting started, not only does this board mix up to four microphones, it also has input that I'm putting you through right now to Zencaster, which comes in the USB. Um, but I can also connect anything Bluetooth to it. Uh, plus all the sound effects, it connects directly into Adobe audition and it's recording multi-tracks all at the same time, including my mix track. I mean, that's just dirty talk. Yeah. So, and in the board itself, I've got um, sort of like like uh, a little bit of compression, a little bit of noise stuff for my voice. So, in theory, it should go a lot faster. You know what I mean? Fucking A. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. No, that's the... Uh, there's There's been nightmares I've had of um, noise cancellation just not working. Or noise removal not working, so it's uh, this is this is what dream style right here. That is one big pile of shit. Yes, it's one big pile of shit. <laughs> oh my god! And it's gone. It's gone immediately. It was there, and now it's, it's completely gone. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. <laughs> shit planned, and I don't like it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm super excited, super pumped about it. Um, it's been like a, a cool little reprieve from, uh, you know, being bored, stuck in the house, um, and waiting for things to happen again. <laughs> uh, but you and I haven't talked in like a couple of days, at least almost a week. What's new, man? Yeah. Um, so no, I'm just working on design stuff, building out, uh, stuff for, it's those fucking personas that I, I worked with you on and like that whole workshop thing or whatever. Uh-huh. Like I'm just I'm just designing or redesigning the deliverables and uh I <laughs> I sent them to my graphic design friends and they're all like, This looks like shit. <laughs> Hence why I've been up. <laughs> you really don't like uh graphic design, do you? No, and I I torture myself because that's all I'm doing right now is just design after design <laughs> it's not that i don't like it it's that i don't like that i can't fucking do it i can't figure it out and we're trying god damn it uh well you dude it it you know it doesn't surprise me you've got a very that i can't do it Thanks. yeah no you've got a very technical brain and uh i think a lot of that design stuff requires you to step outside of that technical brain a little bit you know what i mean yeah somebody mentioned uh, uh buddy of mine mentioned the golden ratio though and he's like you use this type uh, 
this yeah this, this point and then and then you use the golden ratio to figure out what your title point is and i'm like oh okay that's math i know how to do that that's great and and yeah these directions are shit you know that i fucking hate you <laughs> yeah i dude it's just I find it's really difficult when I'm doing stuff uh, because uh, when you start to get technical, and by technical I mean, uh, you know, like like how you're supposed to size things or like technically how a program runs, and then I have to swap my brain out of technical and into creative. It's always a difficult thing. It's two different mindsets, man. It's like two different sides of the brain, um, and uh, I I do both okay. <laughs> So you're really good with the technical. You're really good with detail. You actually put a lot of attention into that. So like I said, it it doesn't surprise me that you have difficulty. It's it's not that you can't get there because I think you can. Uh, but you know, it's it just requires I'm just shit at art is what you're saying. I'm not saying that you're shit at art. <laughs> you're a small petty. You're a small petty man. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> uh, so. Well, that sucks that uh, that's what you've been doing. Um, let's see what's going on over here with us. Uh, I've been busy uh, helping Gina uh, the past week because she got started on her new uh, big job. She's doing a big campaign. I don't, I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about the specifics on it yet, but she's doing a big campaign for a pop musician. Um, and uh, she's been doing a bunch of quarantine content which includes uh, multiple music videos, uh, a bunch of stills, a bunch of behind the scenes stuff, like really awesome job. Uh, I'm really good client, actually. Her client's been really great. Um, and so she's been shooting this stuff without a crew, without a team. Um, and then I've just been either technically advising that or helping her with the edit. And so we were just locked in the room all week just uh, banging out this new edit which is really cool really great um and then today after i do this i'm going to be helping her color grade the thing so it's been good uh i've really been putting the new puget system to test uh and thank god i got it uh because i don't know if you've noticed have you been using premiere a lot lately yeah yeah jesus christ that new fucking update Ugh. I don't know why I did it. It drives me crazy, man. Like the, That's one of the negative aspects of having the automatic updates, or not even automatic updates, just subscription services that have updates, because it seems like uh, anytime I fucking update software, uh, the software companies don't... It's like they don't take into consideration everything that they've learned up to that point. They hit a point and they go, yeah, fuck it. We'll throw out all that all that shit that we had figured out before and we'll introduce a bunch of new stuff. And you're like, what about all the stuff that worked? And specifically with these guys, I got asked to go back and do a new cut for Dale Strong. I just finished doing a new edit for those guys, uh, which meant that I had to go back to older projects. I had to go back to a prior project. And normally with Premiere, it's not a big deal because uh, it'll open up an older project. And if you're using a newer version of it, It'll go, hey, guess what? We're going to update this to the newest version. You'll be able to run it on that. Um, and so the notion is, hey, if it's new, that means it's going to be better. 
Uh, so I went and I found my older projects, obviously duplicated the project before I fucked with it because I've learned my lessons in the past, and then opened up the damn thing. And literally, the difference between one generation wouldn't let me open up a codec. It wouldn't let me open up any of my footage. And I'm not talking random rare footage. It wasn't like I was shooting with some fucking strange camera. It was with an Airy Mini. And I couldn't open up the codec. It wouldn't play the codec. It gave me errors on the codec. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? Is there something wrong with my drive? I, I went back and opened. I reinstalled the prior version and opened it. And it ran perfectly on the same system. I had them open side by side. And it ran perfectly. So it's just like, how do you guys call it an upgrade when it doesn't even open the old fucking footage? from the prior project. And this starts to dance in the territory that we dealt with with Final Cut. Because with Final Cut, Final Cut hit a point where they were like, hey, uh, yeah, no, we're changing everything. You're not gonna be able to open your old projects. You're not gonna be able to deal with your archive. You're not gonna be able to deal with any of that stuff. And it was starting to feel very familiar. Now I'm not naysaying Adobe yet because I use all Adobe's products. I still love their shit, but I feel like you gotta call them out on it when stupid shit like this happens because otherwise we'll end up in a fucking final cut scenario and then what are we doing we move into black magic at that point are we moving to fucking resolve god damn it anyway (laughs) can you tell that i've been in post-production all week liam yeah this is uh this is both entertaining and frightening Oh, that wasn't such a chore, now was it? Oh my fucking god! <laughs> Is that going to drive you crazy? Yeah, no, it already did. That was that was ten minutes ago. Uh, um, so anyway, that's, that's fucking insane, though. That it's you. You'd think because that that's a pretty common codec, dude. That's what I'm saying. And it, like, I went through the whole thing and I'm like, okay, so what is, what is fucking up? And I started to see like little individual, strange little fuck ups that were happening with it. Like, uh, if I use the old legacy titles in a project, then suddenly I'd get like that little red arrow down in the corner and it would tell me that I had to swap my rendering off of the hardware rendering off the CUDA onto the software. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Cause I'm literally, I have a brand new two week old top of the line system sitting here and a system that's that is it's an expensive fucking system and so if i have to go into that system and swap out and start using software instead of the hardware then what the fuck do i have all the hardware for yeah you know what i mean absolutely it is super fucking annoying and a big part of me you know okay so here's the generation x uh (laughs) side of me coming out there's a big part of me that's like hey um also apple just released a hardware card that helps you deal with codecs all of a sudden hmm. it just it, it, it's just convenient it it feels like they're turning their back on older codecs especially these codecs i think these codecs that are coming out of the alexa had something to do with quicktime and i think that they're turning their back on quicktime right now uh, which means that they're turning their back on that, which just take this as a warning. If you're an editor out there listening to this, and you're using Adobe, do yourself a favor, make sure if you do upgrade to the newest version 
make sure you also install a prior version and go back and install like 2019 and just leave it on your system. Like don't take it off your system because I, I just assume that people that build software don't have clients that ever come back to them and say, hey, guess what? That thing you worked on three years ago, I need you to fix it again. You know what I mean? Or that thing, literally with Dale Strong, that thing you worked on like six months ago. Hey, uh, guess what? I, I'd like a, a re-edit. I'm like, sure, that'll take 15 minutes. And then I open it up and I go, fuck, this won't take 15 minutes because for some reason, the goddamn edit software won't open the codex today. And it wasn't just on my new system because I was like, maybe there's something wrong with the new system. So I went over and tried it on the older system. Same fucking deal. What a tangent that was. Yeah. And dude, honestly, like while, while we're sitting here, I just Googled real quick the uh, that issue. Mm -hmm. and, and people are talking about it on uh, on Reddit and all sorts of stuff. So this is... That's fucking insane. I mean, they're probably fixing it in the first patch, but I'm with you. It's like, dude, if you're going to say that you got hot new fucking uh, version of it, don't come out and it doesn't fucking work, then what's the point? That is one big pile of shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 That's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it right there. You know, it, it, it just seems... I don't understand how they build it. You know, it's just because I don't know. And maybe I should get somebody on the show from Adobe and actually talk to them about it. I don't understand how they do their updates. I would assume, like for anything else, if you're building something and then you're adding to it, you start with what you built before and then you add to it. But I know it's a nightmare being a software provider and dealing with all the new hardware specs. And I also know it's a nightmare dealing with specific giants that are like very specific about what you need to do in order to still have a relationship with them. I also know that's a, a move. So there's a big piece of me that is a business owner and then trying to do my own thing and having my business fucked with that I know that I'm being fucked with by a larger business. And that's when my, my anger starts to rage a little bit about it. You know what I mean? 100%. It's, it's, uh, it was annoying. But the show isn't, today's episode isn't about just raging. No, it's just the first 10 minutes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see, what else has been going on? Uh, how, I'm actually going to get my, I'm going to get COVID tested tomorrow. Oh, congrats. Yeah, congrats. No, the, hope it's a boy. Yeah. The truth of the matter is that um, over the past week, I don't know. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show, but I have asthma. So I've always had asthma as a kid. Um, and my asthma is triggered by uh, my allergies to dogs and cats. So I'm severely allergic to pet dander. So if you're listening to the show and you're like, how would you get a hairless? It's the fucking skin of the animal. <laughs> so unless we're going to skin an animal, <laughs> I'm allergic to it. Um, and so for years... My whole process has been just avoid them. That's the best way to do it. It won't trigger your asthma. You won't have a problem. Uh, as you can hear me sort of sucking in air, the uh, past like four or five days, um, I've really been sort of dealing with shortness of breath, I've been dealing with all that sort of stuff. We've been fully quarantined. So it's not like I'm out partying or, you know, doing any of that stuff. And so um, I talked to the doctor first time because we, of course, moved to Los Angeles and then had to get new doctors out here. But then COVID happened. So we finally went through the whole process. I've got a new 
doctor who I really didn't talk to. I talked to their assistant. Um, <clears throat> and they seem to think that I don't have COVID, but anything that has anything to do with COVID right now, everybody starts to freak out. So it's like, oh, you're having trouble breathing? Oh, we know you have asthma, but you should probably go get a COVID test too. So um, tomorrow I drive to Dodger Stadium and sit in line for about two hours uh, to... Uh, nasally rape myself with a with cotton swab and then hopefully it's a uh, negative and then we can go from there. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Uh, very lucky though, as, as far as California is concerned, we're very lucky to have free tests like this though. Um, because there's a lot of people that don't. So I'm not complaining about that. I'm just complaining <laughs> that we have to deal with it at all like everybody else, uh, because otherwise it would, I'd just be in the doctor's office today and probably getting a new inhaler. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do, but now we're getting into territory where I'm not allowed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You know, Oh, cause you want to get political. Uh, well, you can get a little political. How about that? Okay. Everyone should be able to get fucking testing. That's an uh, an obvious one. It's badass that California was. I'm pretty sure California was the first state to announce that they would have free testing uh, to anybody who wanted it. And then um, I know L.A. County was definitely one of the top, uh, one of the first places to actually offer it in the nation. And then uh, now we've got people sitting there saying that we're going to completely stop testing. We're removing ourselves from the World Health Organization. It's, uh, Mm-hmm. right now and uh we seem to be pulling back on anything to actually deal with figuring out this this fucking disease and we're seeing lower rates all around the world uh except for the u.s the u.s is seeing an increase in uh in all sorts of number one uh new tests uh new new cases as well as uh recurring things and it's just you know it's really fucking nice yeah it is uh it's uh, it's quite annoying, actually. I agree with you, and <clears throat> you know, it's it comes down to the simple fact that uh, wear a mask and keep yourself distant from folks. And yeah, the other fact that it doesn't affect people until it affects people—that's such a standard uh, human issue, especially over here in the U.S. That we have. Let's not deal with it until we have to deal with it. <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, we are dealing with it. <laughs> uh, most of us are dealing with it right now. So um, maybe you just put on a fucking mask. How's that? Maybe you don't uh, get a bunch of your girlfriends together and uh, have a fucking rager outside our house, <laughs> which happened last last week. It was like a teenage girl party across the street. And they had a fucking DJ and they were screaming all night. It was pretty awesome. Uh, and I was sitting there going like, do you guys scream? Every time you scream, is that someone getting COVID? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Cause, uh, that's what it sounded like. I think I actually have, let me see if this will work. I think I have a clip of what it sounded like the other night. Hold on. Let me see if this oh, will work. On. Mind you, this was happening about five houses down. Ah, Glendale. 
and I was literally standing on my front porch. <laughs> I felt like uh, I felt like I was in uh, some weird uh, some weird Eastern European uh, dance club on my Let me front get porch. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Your your neighbors were loud. Mm-hmm. You recorded your neighbors. <laughs> yeah. You put it into the fucking uh, the board. No, I didn't. No, see. Oh, okay, oh, okay. This that wasn't the... it. That wasn't a pre-programmed one because I was horrified for a second, thinking that you had pre-programmed it, locked and loaded to play on the show. No, no, no. See, this is the beauty of the roadcaster. Okay, it, and they're not sponsoring me, by the way, so I shouldn't be pl- plugging them this much. <laughs> uh, but it's this a is, new toy. This is the beauty of the roadcaster. I literally have my cell phone hooked up to a Bluetooth on its own separate channel, and I didn't even. I wasn't planning on playing that clip. That was stream of consciousness, man. So I was able to do that, play that through stream of consciousness, which is pretty rad. The future is now. Which is pretty fucking cool, dude. I dig it, man. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. the We started on that because I was telling you guys that I'm going to get COVID tested tomorrow. Cross your fingers for me. Hopefully that's going to work out well. And if it does work out well, then apparently I go on some sort of steroids because apparently my lungs are inflamed. <clears throat> and... I think the reason why they are is because I don't know if you noticed this, Liam, because you're you're a little bit further in the city than I am. Um, the goddamn air pollution. Have you did you notice that the air quality after the Fourth of July was ridiculous? Yes. Oh my that god, I did notice. Oh my god, dude! So, like, stand. So, so for those of you who don't know, Los Angeles suffers from obviously since people moved out here has suffered from like pollution problems. And essentially, I'm not a scientist, I'm going to fuck this up. Essentially, it's because of the canyon, it's because of where LA is situated, and the air gets trapped in it because we're situated within mountains. So it's really difficult for the air to disperse. And then, of course, the fact that Los Angeles doesn't have a good public transportation system, which at one point in time was completely uh, derailed by the the fuel companies, by the way, Um since they don't have a good public transportation system and LA is such a sprawl. Uh, so it's mostly freeways and everywhere you go, it's at least 15 minutes on the highway. Um, everybody has cars. And so usually the pollution levels out here are pretty insane anyways. And by like a, a normal pollution level, like a low pollution level is, a, is a, has a score of maybe 30 or under 30. Um, before COVID, before the 4th of July, there was a day that I went out hiking, um, and they gave us a warning and they said there was a high pollution level. And that was like clocking in at like, I think it was at like 90. What's that? It was 130. Yes. It was like 130. Holy shit. And that was like, you know, after just cars and shit like that, driving around, uh, after 4th of July, it was like. 350. <laughs> oh my God. So think about that. 350 when 30 is okay. 30 is like, you're doing all right. 350. And so you're, you know, a lot of you at home are like, well, why the fuck was it so high? Well, because everybody's bored. Everybody went out and bought a bunch of fly- fireworks. And apparently LA had like the most random uh, illegal display of fireworks that they've ever had like fireworks baby yeah so it was super intense and apparently the smoke from those fireworks has got nowhere to go 
so it was <laughs> just trapped in the air. Um, <clears throat> and when we were driving around, you'd see it. You'd literally just see it up in the air. Uh, and it's gone down quite a bit. Uh, I think it's gone. I don't know. Where are we at today? Let me take a look while I'm talking about it. <clears throat> but it's uh, in the background has affected my breathing. And I had no idea that that was a thing. And I think that's what's going on. I really do. Uh, let's see. What is our pollution levels today? Precipitation. Air quality index in Malibu is 92, which they're considering moderate. In Glendale, it's 92. So we're at 92 right now. Nice. Yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic right there. <laughs> it's great. I'm in love I'm uh, I'm in love with it. I'm in love with the air process. <laughs> Removing that from it. The 4th of July was fucking insane. Oh yeah, what'd you do? It was totally Well, no, we like I live on the second floor in the middle of the city. So anywhere like we went on the balcony and we just stood there and watched for literally 2 hours as Anywhere you looked, you could see fireworks as far as you could see. Mm, yeah, it's pretty it was, cool. It really was. I mean, it, it in that moment, and then, of course, with all the uh, pollution and shit, it looked like the entire city got hotboxed. So we were uh, we were all about the volumetrics uh, from everything. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, you could hear the volumetrics in my wheezing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was, I've seen some clips. I saw some pretty, really cool, uh, drone footage of it and they were comparing it to like Blade Runner. Uh, yeah. they were just showing like all the really cool fire effects and everything. Um, that I was did... something I was talking about with my roommates at, uh, when we first moved out here, I said I wanted to uh, be out here at least through July only because I've been watching those, uh, the clips of the drone footage every year since, I don't know, it was like 2010. And I was like, I I want to see it in person. And it lived up to the hype, obviously. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's cool. Because you're right down in the thick of it. So it must have been pretty crazy down there. Yeah. It was it literally any any window in my apartment, I could see fireworks as far as I could. And I can I can see the actual uh, city skyline, too, from where I live. So it's, it was pretty damn cool. That's rad, man. That's cool. Uh, yeah, what do we do for the 4th? We didn't really do much for the 4th. Um I just, uh, what did I do? I smoked some ribs, obviously. I did some baby backs. Uh, that's it, man. I smoked some wings and ribs early. I think we, I think we ate by three. And I think I passed out on the couch watching uh, uh, Bloodshot. I watched the, the Vin Diesel masterpiece. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't that good. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if, if that put me to sleep or the meat coma put me to sleep, but uh, one or the other did, and uh, I was out pretty hard. So I was—I had an old man. I had an old man Fourth of July. Uh, it was good, I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's see what else is going on. Oh, other news today uh, that I'm very excited about. Uh, one of our <clears throat> one of our prior guests on the show. Um. Jonathan from Big Black Delta, uh, if you guys haven't heard the episode yet, uh, I forget what episode number was that. Do you, do you remember what episode number Big Black Delta was? I have it right in front of me, so let me just check real quick. It was episode Big Black Delta 85. 
85. Great episode. Uh, came together really nice. Uh, he just released his new album this morning, uh, which he's been he had been dropping a bunch of uh, tracks. He'd been dropping a bunch of singles for it for the past couple of weeks, and the new album came out today, and it's pretty awesome. I just talked to him this morning. Um, let's give you guys uh, a couple of clips here. Let's see if we can listen to some of it. love it i love how it's like peter gabriel meets like uh 80s trash uh it's so fucking great man uh i'm gonna fucking check this shit out because that's a bop dude this is the first time in one of his albums that he's sort of done this sort of uh thrashy metal which is kind of cool uh the album's called four obviously because it's his fourth album let me see if i can grab another great track here I love I love his harmonizing. Let's see if I can get another track here. This one's called "The Politics of Living." feels like uh it feels like a score from like a john hughes movie that never got released yeah definitely a fucking vibe dude it's i I never listened to this kind of music until uh you mentioned that we were gonna have him on and i was like holy shit so this is this is exciting that it's new shit yeah and he does all of his own stuff like i think he plays all the instruments if not if not most of the instruments so like 
Uh, it's really beautiful to watch him do it on stage because uh, I've seen him tour. I've seen him play twice, and he was using just a sample board uh, and uh, doing it all himself, which was really cool. Um, and I know that he's getting into movie scoring, which I have to talk to him about. Side note. Okay, you want me to write that down? <laughs> no. no. Okay. I don't want you to write that down. Yeah. People underestimate the benefit of good old manual labor. <laughs> I got my hubris took the best of me there. <laughs> it's just the politics of living. So yeah, what else is going on, Liam? Have you uh, been listening? Have you been listening to anything new? Have you been watching anything new? Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, there's a new outlining color single out, which is okay. What is it? It's not the outlining color. I don't know if I've listened to them. Oh, it's it's new angsty metal core bullshit. Ah uh, yes, that's where we live, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Angsty metal core, but it's all right. Also. I realize I don't I don't think you've mentioned this on the show yet, or at least on the show yet, but uh, the top 20 episodes. Oh, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was going through the process of uh, just putting together the website and cleaning up the website a little bit, and uh, we're getting close. Uh, these episodes really don't count. These sort of mini episodes don't count on our numbers, but uh, on our main show which happens every Tuesday, if you guys don't know. Uh, we're getting close to our 100th episode. So uh, I was just like, you know, maybe it's time to give a top 20 sort of list, put something together on inlovewiththeprocess.com because uh, I know a lot of you guys listening, some of you guys are new. There's been a lot of new listeners and people coming over going, it's cool, man. We just don't know how to get started because... Um, you know, there's fucking 80 or almost 90 episodes. So where do we start? And I know a lot of people are allergic to going back and starting from the beginning. But you could go back and listen to episode one. Um, but then if you go to uh, inlovewiththeprocess.com there, I've curated the episodes based upon subject material. So if you're looking for stuff on directors, there's a whole director section. If you're looking for stuff on um you know artists or chefs there's all sorts of different stuff on there that you can check out and i thought it would be even easier for you if i put together a top 20 list and so that top 20 list is compiled of episodes that a i think are fucking great (laughs) and then b uh some of our numbers so i made sure to put some of our high number episodes in that collection and it's a great place to go and click if you just want a flavor of what this series is about it's a really hard show to actually put down in the description underneath the podcast because i'm a filmmaker we talk about filmmaking a lot we talk about photography a lot but the show isn't just like a nerdy geeky filmmaking photography show uh we're not just getting people on the show to talk about their careers we're also talking about life we're talking about survival we're talking about um 
the reality of, of deciding to get into this business. And that reality is that you turn your back on any sort of normalcy and you really embrace this lifestyle. And part of that lifestyle is understanding and accepting that your life doesn't have any stability and it's a little bit strange. And so the people that I get on the show, I know have empathy towards that because they've decided to do it themselves. And so whether that's a musician or whether that's a chef or whether that's um, a concept artist, someone that's doing it on their own, not checking into work, which is going to be the norm. It's funny how this path that I took 20 years ago was not the norm. It was dangerous. It was like, oh my God, you're not going to get a real job. Um, now it's becoming the norm. And now after COVID, I'll be surprised as to whether or not businesses actually have offices anymore, <laughs> whether or not you go check in because people are so used to doing things remotely or people are going to become accustomed to that, creating their own schedule and creating their own life. Um, that the idea of going back into a fucking like, fluorescent bulb office and sitting in a goddamn cubicle uh just sounds like shit you know what i mean um dude hell fucking yeah yeah so uh so anyway besides that little tirade that i go off on all the time uh go to in love with the and check out the top 20 episodes and if you're a fan of the show go see if your favorite episode is there uh and if it's not there then write to us and tell us how stupid you think we are. Tell us how shunned you feel, how how hurt you are, that we didn't choose your favorite episode. Let us know. Uh, yeah. I was a surprise to you, Liam, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm very impulsive. <laughs> it's, it's fun to keep up with, he says. I'm very impulsive. Because I didn't plan that, dude. I was literally sitting here doing, what was I doing? I think I was putting together a page for one of the new episodes, and I was just looking at it going, I wonder if I did top 20, and I just banged it out. And it was like, you know, 20 minutes later, had it done. So very impulsive. It's great for you guys, because new content is continuously coming out randomly. It's not so great on Liam, because he's not softened. He doesn't understand what's going on until it's done. Oh no, it's great. Your your last couple uh mini episodes, I found out when I went on and looked at the stats and I was like, Oh, there's a new episode out. When was that released? Oh, twenty minutes ago. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, dude, I'm sorry, man. No. That is one big pile of shit. Oh god damn it. <laughs> I will say to everybody, uh everybody listening. Episode 85, Big Black Delta, is in that top 20 episode list. So if you want to check it out, it's all right there, too. I was going to put both links, but fuck it. It's on one link. Everybody should check out the top 20. And they are pretty fucking awesome episodes. Like, well, that wasn't such a chore, now, was it? There you go. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> what, eventually, what we're going to do, Liam, uh, and keep this in mind, if there's any great like quotes as we go through or if there's any good lines uh, we'll we'll have them on the soundboard from the show so i was thinking about that like going through old guest stuff and and trying to find some good lines and quotes and putting oh, them together fuck yeah. um and the board's pretty good <clears throat> there are certain limitations that it has um so for instance for those techie nerds out there 
Uh, you can store, I think there's up to five banks. There might be more. No, there's six banks. I think there's a bunch of banks that you could store uh, different sound effects in. Um, but be cautious because you can't, at least I haven't figured out how to do it. And if you guys know, then you can write something and let me know. But I can't adjust the volume of the individual sounds. And so it's pretty difficult. So if, for instance, if I'm going to run a a song track in the background, I can't turn that song track up and down while I'm playing different sound effects. So my technical way around it was running out different song tracks at like negative six or negative eight dB so that I can then run the sound effects over it, um, which seems to work pretty good. Let me see here. What is this one? I can't, this one isn't labeled. I have doubts about myself uh, in both worlds. Uh, yeah, thinking nice. that you can't pull it off. Yeah, I, I, every movie I, I, I make, at every movie I start, I don't think I can pull it off. Uh, Spielberg, that's right, Spielberg is on here. I was trying to think of what else I have on here. Oh, I've got, um, let's see here. Hello! Hello! Why, Dr. Jones, whatever are you doing in such a nasty place? Why don't you come on down here? I'll show you. Thank you, my friend, but I think we're all very comfortable up here. That's right, isn't it? <laughs> yes, we are very comfortable up here. So once again, Jones, what was briefly yours is now mine. What a fitting end to your life's pursuits. You're about to become a permanent addition to this archaeological find. Who knows? In a thousand years, even you may be worth something. <laughs> uh, such a little kid in the shop right now with this thing. It's kind of fun. Um, also, all right. So besides that stuff, I wanted to take a second here. Let's see if we can make this work. I wanted to take a second here and give a call to our buddy, uh, Rick Darge, who has been on the show before. He's a director. He's an actor. Uh, if you don't follow him, follow him on Instagram at Rick Darge on Instagram. Uh, the dude is hysterical. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. And yesterday was his birthday, and I haven't wished him happy birthday yet. So let's see if I can get him on the call. I know he's in the middle of doing something. Maybe he'll talk about it on the show. Let's see here. Let's see if this works. Uh. There we go. Oh, hey, cool. Cool. Toys. Oh, my God. Hello? Hey, Rick, can you hear me? Yeah, hey, Mike. Am I on your podcast? Yes, you're on the podcast. How are you, buddy? Oh, I've always wanted to be on a podcast. I'm doing great. <laughs> I was calling to wish you a happy birthday, man. Oh, thanks. Uh, Thank you, man. Yeah, you're uh, you're an old man now. Almost an old I'm man. I'm old. I'm yeah, I've got one more year of, to celebrate my 30s, and then I'm approaching your territory. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that you had a. Did, did you have a Did you have a pizza party yesterday? Were you eating pizza yesterday? Was that was going? Oh yeah. Well, Hillary like woke me up at 11 a.m. My preferred time to wake up, and uh, with some cereal three boxes of delicious cereal that I never tried. <laughs> and then she surprised me with some uh, triple bean pizza, uh, pepperoni and a potato pizza. So I ate half that. 
And then we topped off the night with uh, some Rosso Blue Italian. So I put on about 15 pounds on my birthday alone. And, uh, yeah, it was good. That's good. You, It's like you ate a 15-year-old boy, or you ate like a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> Spoken like someone that is uh, works in Hollywood, Mike. <laughs> Truth. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So what's new, man? Oh, we're good. Liam's here too. Liam, can you hear Liam? Hey, say- Liam. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Oh, nice. You can well. hear me. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so- I can hear you. Okay, so nice. what what we're doing is uh, I got all the new gear. I know I told you I was getting a bunch of new equipment, and uh, oh yeah, dude, the uh, Roadcaster is badass. I'm literally Bluetoothing the phone through the Roadcaster, which enables you to hear exactly everything that I'm putting through the Roadcaster. Um, so it's fucking, oh, that's cool. dude, it is so awesome. Uh, and I can do like sound, sound loops. Oh, that wasn't such a chore, no, was it? You know, all sorts of really fun shit. Oh, nice. Thing. Yeah. You know, my buddy told me about this too. He does a podcast as well. And, uh, he was, he was talking about the roadcaster. It seems like the new thing yeah. that, uh, everyone's dialing into. Yeah. It was actually really hard to get cause I tried to get it, uh, last week and, uh, it was sold out of everywhere. And I, Someone was telling yeah. me that might have something to do with the issues that we're having with the exports from China right now, because I think, obviously, this is probably yeah. made over in China, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of parts that are, you know, for all different, uh, you know, I've been getting super into espresso recently, and a lot of these machines are backordered because they're made in Italy, and, you know, Italy and COVID, and yeah. all these different companies are, you know, just backordered. We're, we're still stuck in this shit. You know, Uh, going back in lockdown number two, you know, here we go. I guess we never really got, I mean, we kind of got out. It didn't really make sense to me when they started opening up restaurants. Like really? Yeah. Right. We're going to do that. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, it's safe. It's safe. It's it was, there's nothing like having a a server come over to you with gloves on a mask on. And then one of those plastic shields on and you're just like, Oh yeah. And you're like, yeah, what do you think? Like, I don't know how anyone can relax in that environment and enjoy a cocktail. It's just weird to me. Yeah. I don't know. We we did takeout last night for dinner, and I was telling Hillary and my mom, I'm like, I prefer this. I don't need to be at a restaurant. Like, a restaurant before quarantine was always stressful to me. With all these people, you got someone constantly coming over to you and bugging you and asking you what you want. It's nice just having a little box with all your stuff. I can just eat it. I can just eat it all. I don't have to, you know, what the hell? Oh, never mind. My car just told me something. Uh, yeah. So It sounds like you're becoming yeah. a fucking caveman is what it sounds like. Yeah, I'm like enjoying the, uh, dude, I am so sick of like these Zoom conference calls and having to not meet people in person. And Zoom is stressful. It's like whenever I'm on a Zoom call, I feel like i'm talking over someone everyone always interrupts each other and Mm -hmm. it's just uh i still haven't figured out zoom i don't know what i'm doing on there i also hate the fact that you see your own face there's nothing worse than trying to have a conversation with a group of people and staring at yourself in the fucking face while you do it and you're just like what am i doing yeah because i'm constantly adjusting my angle and i'm like uh making sure my face looks at its best and (laughs) then i'm just looking at my face and i don't pay it and i'm completely narcissistic when i'm on there and it sucks yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we should not. There should be. We shouldn't be able to see our face. Yeah, you get one little, 
in the beginning, you get to make sure there's no weird things in your background. And uh, then the face goes off. And then you're just having a real conversation with someone. Yeah, because it really fucks with you. It really fucks with you and your uh, and your yeah. and your ability to have a, a like an honest conversation. Because <laughs> I I do the same yeah. thing where I'm sitting there going like, why am I looking? Fuck! Can I get rid of my window? Can I get rid of my window? Because I'm yeah, I'm not connecting with the I'm not I'm not connecting with the person that I'm talking to at that point. You know? Yeah, I feel like holding a walking around in public and just having a mirror with you constantly. Mm-hmm. Being like, oh, I gotta. I'm going to talk to you with this mirror right next to you so I can see my face <laughs> while I'm talking to you. <laughs> uh, and other news, uh, what's the deal? You haven't bought your fucking smoker yet. Rick's been talking to us about getting a smoker. I know. You know what? I saw a smoker that the one that cost $400 brand new. I saw it come on. There was a deal on Facebook. A marketplace and someone was selling one for a hundred bucks and I was like oh I can get one used but then Hillary was like you know what if they roasted you know humans in there and I'm like oh good point <laughs> you know how do I know what you're roasting in there it could be you know human meat you could be a cannibal and I, I don't know so that worries me a little bit I'm gonna get one I'm definitely gonna get one um, it's just a matter of when, you know, I need the little thing. It's called money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, daddy Trump for your $1,200, but that's not going to last. Um, yeah. I got to buy a smoker Trump. So where's, where's that cash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should just give everyone a smoker, whether you're a vegan or not, you get a smoker, you can smoke your tofu. <laughs> but, uh, I've been enjoying your Instagram posts and like living vicariously through, you know, your feed and seeing all the delicious meats. You love to send me videos to just show off all the meats. You love sending me your meat photos, Mike. <laughs> That's right. I enjoy it when you look at my meat. So it's a very intense. Yeah, you're part. like, here's some meat. Take a look. What do you think? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a little flaccid. <laughs> I, well, eat it. You're <laughs> <laughs> talking about meat, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's it's been good, man. I've I've done a couple things. I I tried to slow down. I tried to slow down a little bit because I I had clocked in and I'm like, man, I've had bar- I've had barbecue like two times for the past every week for the past two months. I'm like, man, yeah. uh, maybe I should slow down on that. And then of course I picked the week to slow down, which is uh, the Fourth of July, in which like Gina comes in and she right. never she never asks. She goes, are you gonna barbecue? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, say no more. Yeah. Okay. That's my biggest fear about getting a smoker is I'm just going to be smoking every day, like a different thing. Like, it's just going to be racks of lamb, just all kinds of stuff in the fridge. I'll just be sm- Every meal will be smoked. And then I'm going to smoke my arteries. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. I need better health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a big thing. I was, I was half joking about it because I, uh, you know, when you smoke, for those of you listening, when you smoke ribs, if you ever get barbecue and you look inside the rib and you see almost like this pink line that runs around the inside, that's the smoke ring. So that's how far the smoke is essentially penetrated into the flesh. And, uh, yeah. you know, the closest flesh to human flesh is pork flesh. So, oh. you know, when I look at that stuff, I'm like, how far is the pink line inside of my skin at this point? Oh, yeah. You know what All I mean? The, you, you're smoking the inside of your body. Oh, my God. Hey, man. We, uh, life's uncertain. We don't know what's going on. So 
I've been pivoting. I've been getting into super into espresso. I have like a little Breville machine that I've had for eight years. And, you know, I would just grind the beans and I'd put it on and look at the little needle. And I never really knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been like going on the espresso subreddit, which is like a whole other world of nerds. <laughs> and uh, these guys are nerds. Like these espresso nerds are like, but I've become a nerd. I'm weighing out every bean. Oh my I'm God. timing my shot. <laughs> I'm doing the ratios. When I first was like messing with it and like dialing in my espresso, you know, you have to keep, you know, dialing it in so you're wasting a lot and you do a little sip and then you throw it out and you do it again. You adjust your grind to make it a little finer. I remember I did so many, you know, uh, versions of this specific bean that I was sipping the espresso every time. So I must have had six shots. I couldn't sleep all night. I was up to like five in the morning just it's it's watching freak out videos just karen freak out videos just you know filling my brain with garbage but yeah i love it enjoying it i love it i love the fact that both of us because we're okay look um this is going to sound cocky but we're both very talented filmmakers and that's normally pre-covid that is what our obsession was and continued to be uh, but now, yeah. you, now you're now you're weighing out fucking coffee beans. Yeah, I'm weighing out. It's weird. I when I've had like uh, fantasies about like, you know, I tell Hillary like, okay, we're moving to Greece. I'm gonna open up a little espresso <laughs> shop. It's gonna be called Rick's Mocha Chocolate, and uh, <laughs> that's gonna be my new life because I don't know what the hell's going on here, but. I don't even think they'll let us into Greece right now. You can't even. We can't even go anywhere. No. The rest of the world has shut us off. Yeah. Uh, can you blame? Can you blame them? They're just like, hey, you don't like wearing masks. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm voting for Kanye, man. The birthday party all the way. <laughs> That's my candidate. If they had a list and it was I got Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and Kanye West, you better believe it's Kanye West. Oh Completely. my god. Oh my god. I wanted to. I'm like. I consider. Myself, you remember Titanic when the ship was going down and that band was playing, mm-hmm. a little orchestral band, and they're playing the violin, mm-hmm. and they're just—that's me. That's—I uh, love that metaphor. I'm like, that's—that's that's America. That's America, and the ship is the world. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, it's good to hear that uh, that uh, you're staying pretty sane, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. I, uh, I went to the beach the other day and, uh, some friends, we were social, socially distancing and on the beach and, uh, they were like, do you want any suntan lotion? And I said, no, nah, I don't do that. And I look like a lobster right now. And I, and now I regret it. So yeah. You know. <laughs> no, I don't, you I don't get so sunburned that you get sick. Yes. It's like a real thing. Sun poisoning. It's yes. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Especially out here, man, because I, I don't. You know, back at home on in the East Coast, you'd get sunburned if you went to the beach, if you're outside in the summertime. But out here, I was just, you know, literally barbecuing the other day and uh, like yeah. walking in and out of the house randomly and uh, got fucking incredibly sunburned. Got the back of my neck sunburned. Got burnt, yeah. Yeah, dude. It was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Also, like, you know, asphalt, too. Yeah. Oh, Hillary wants to talk. She's been here the whole time just being quiet. I've been here just <laughs> pretending like I'm not. <laughs> hey, Hillary, what's Same. happening? <laughs> Same. Um, not too much. We just went on a nice drive to the west side. Nice. Yeah. I don't know, Hillary. Yeah, tell them what you did. I just got tested for COVID. 
she just got a COVID death. Oh, well, do, hey, look, and, don't be ashamed because I'm going tomorrow to get mine. I'm going to Dodger Stadium to get mine tomorrow. Oh, you're gonna get you're gonna get the one where they swap. You have to swap your gum line. I've done that. Um, I just got it in the nose. She got the legit one where they shove this this stick in her nose. Yeah, it was no joke. Really? And I gotta say, the way the doctor did it was pretty funny because she like comes up to the car, doesn't really give a warning, and like ten seconds later is shoving a long swab up her nose, <laughs> which I think was good, right? Because then you had no time to get scared. It felt like it was yeah reaching into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and they coat it with this solution. They don't. You don't really experience this with the mouth swab, but with the nose, they coat it with this solution. So it's like this swab is up your nose, reaching into your brain, and it's stinging. Ugh. And that it's for ten seconds. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. Well, they're co- they're they're coating it with pure COVID because they want to get those numbers up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No. <laughs> I hope not. It's, it's 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 COVID laced with cocaine. Like, yeah, it's basically. They're like, oh, you're 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 positive because we said so. There was actually a bunch of tests when this first started happening. It was sometime in late March, where the test you can look it up, you can Google it, and uh, there were so, there were a bunch of tests that the tests themselves, the swabs, tested positive for COVID. Oh my and god, that isn't weird. I don't know what well, it is. Well, another strange thing that happened was my sister signed up to get a test uh-huh. but wasn't able to make it. And somehow the government still sent her test results that said positive. Yeah. But she didn't get a test. Yeah. I, well, cute, cute X-Files music, please. Yeah, I wish I had it in my thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The, the 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 from what I understand, and I, I I heard this from my brother who works in the medical in the medical world. He's a uh, paramedic. Um, what would happen is that they would lie about their numbers because lying about the numbers would get them more money from the government as far as like financial yeah. support. Yeah, and so I heard that too. Like they get something like thirty grand or close to forty grand if you get put on a ventilator. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, well, when we got swabbed the last time, we were in line, and Rick kept telling me all these conspiracy theories. It got me so paranoid. Well, it was weird. We were, like, in this weird parking lot. You know, they, we didn't sign anything. I was like, who are these people? Who's financing them? They could just be, like, a bunch of CIA operatives in OR scrubs, and they could be laced in this, you know. <laughs> it's true. They don't turn on until 10 years from now, and then 10 years from now, they shoot out a chemtrail, and then that mixes with the activating agent, and then boom, we're sterile. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? It's... So I had a whole anxiety attack. <laughs> yeah, I gave her an anxiety attack. Well, I can only imagine, uh, Hillary, you must be getting anxiety attacks from Rick like two or three times a day at this point. Yeah. I yeah. mean, It depends, yeah, it depends I... on how much espresso is in my body. I grew up with food allergies. So I've always been aware of my mortality uh-huh. and I've always had some anxiety about death uh-huh. and this has just really heightened it for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I do believe in, we talk a lot about the power of the mind and uh-huh. um, mind over medicine and things like that. And in the past years ago, I had this really stressful thing happen to me and I literally gave myself the flu for 24 hours. Yeah. Wow. My mind did. Wow. I was so stressed and it, it, it was just crazy. I'd never experienced anything like that before. 
people who think that they might have it, are they essentially causing the symptoms with their mind? It's a real thing. A lot of people are having psychosomatic symptoms. I remember the first two weeks in the quarantine, mm -hmm. every time I would go outside, I would feel like I had a hard time breathing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the, the hell? And, you know, we the power of the mind. They keep pumping us with... Uh, the same phrases over and over, you know, COVID-19, the new normal, you know, just bombarding us with the same thing. It's going to lodge its way and, you know, deep, deep within your mind. Did you ever see that movie with Jesse Eisenberg where he plays like a sleeper agent? <laughs> MK Ultra movie? Oh yeah, that's what it is, bro. <laughs> Listen, CNN is a government mind control program designed to uh, destroy us all. Oh my God, it's like starting a chainsaw with you, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, How are we living under a bridge in like one year? Just you wait. <laughs> in one of those like uh, those tarp condos that are all over the way. Yeah. Gina and I were downtown because we went for a drive. We went because we had to get out of the house. So we drove around LA um, and we were driving through downtown, which is it's essentially like a post-apocalyptic zone right now with all the homeless that have essentially yeah. taken over the financial districts and all that sort of stuff. And we were we were sitting in a light. We're sitting in a light in like the heart of downtown and I, I we're just sort of in a daze listening to music kind of driving around lethargic and I look across the street and I'm like what am I looking at this is weird it just what am I fucking looking at and there's a fire hydrant and behind the fire hydrant there's like a roaring fire <laughs> and so we oh. start we start driving past it and someone has lit the trash on the street on fire and so there was oh my God. like a whole, a whole pile of like, huge pile of trash Jeez. just raging, burning around it. And like cop cars are driving by like it's no big deal. People are yeah. walking by like it's no big deal. It's like, what the fuck? This is like this is like a John been, Carpenter movie at this point. You know, it's been happening. There's, there's a great Instagram account out there. It's called um, Real Los Angeles. And it's just like uh, video taken by citizens all around LA with like the chaos that's been going on. And I've been seeing a lot of videos on there where, you know, it's like people driving on the highway and then they're filming like a giant homeless encampment just on fire. Literally, like every other day you see this happen. So it's crazy. It's been going on. It's wild. Yeah. It, it's nuts. And it's for those of you that aren't in Los Angeles and you guys are, you know, getting the news feeds, because I consistently get those calls from relatives and family. And they're like, what's it like living in a fucking danger zone? It's it's not like yeah. it's not a danger zone all the time. It's just that there are these weird little clusters, these weird little moments where you're just like, this is fucking surreal. Like, what is this? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's been, it's been a little too calm. I got to say, we're almost in the middle of July and I'm like... We're, we, we, we're due for something else. I mean, this year, come on, we need something else going on, right? Yeah. We need something. Yeah, but we need something new. Like, so we need a new thing, like uh, a natural disaster or alien. Aliens. 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 You, oh, you want aliens? Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, alien yeah, yeah. Because then we can all rally behind it. You know, we can get Bill Pullman. He'll yeah. start screaming at him, and then, yeah, you know, and then you know, Rick I and I will have to learn how to fly jets because all the jet fighters will be yes. dead. You know, and then we'll have to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, it'd be awesome. I did a job with Bill Pullman uh, for charity years ago, and he is the nicest guy. He pulled up in a beat up 
shitty, like, early 90s Toyota Tercel, and I thought it was, like, a PA, and it was built, and I was like, this guy's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. He drives dude. a piece of shit. He doesn't care. But he was, like, yeah, nicest guy. Nicest guy to work with. Have but, you uh, have you been uh, have you been working at all? Have you done any, uh, have you been filming at all? Like, I haven't seen any new releases from you in a little bit, right? I know. I've, sl- I've slowed down a little bit um, with making stuff. Um, I, I can talk about this. The, uh, I can talk about them. Yeah, I got signed by uh, a big uh, commercial uh, production company mm-hmm. um, rec- uh, this week. Uh, they found my work. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they got to release it. Yeah. Well, I already said it. I, I slipped it in there. Yeah, I signed the paperwork. We're done. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm excited about that. I've been wanting to break into the commercial world for a while now, and uh, I think it's like, I like that short-form space. It pays well, and there's fun opportunities there to collaborate with uh, a lot of amazing people. So, yeah, these guys found my uh, they found my videos. I had, you know, fans on Instagram mm-hmm. sending my work around, and you know, you don't know what, what people are sending your work. You don't know what's going on. People are watching. Let me tell you, Mike. You got people watching your channel. People are out there. They're, they're, they know what's going on. And so, yeah, I had, uh, I had uh, several meetings with the president of this company and did some Zoom calls, and they liked my comedy, and, yeah, they're bringing me on board. So, you know, I guess work is happening. It's, it's a lot of Zoom productions yep, um, yep, yep. are happening, you know, remotely. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to dive into that. And But, yeah, in terms of work work, no, I'm just – Focusing on my espresso making skills. Yeah, my good. backup plan is to be a barista. So you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm really fine tuned to my latte art. Yeah, and uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's gonna but be. Plan- that's going to be a coveted okay. job. That's going to be a coveted job when we get out of COVID. There's yeah, going to be a dude. lot of baristas yeah. at that point. Yeah, I'll just do like uh, yeah remote uh, coffee delivery. I'll, I'll roll up. I'll plug in my espresso <laughs> machine. I'll make you whatever you want. Uh huh. Uh, and then I'll be on my way. But, uh, no, I've got a couple. Hillary and I, we shot a, uh, a sketch uh, a couple of weeks ago that we need to finish up. That was fun. Um, so I'll probably be putting that out soon. And then uh, i got a couple other ideas that I would like to do. I've been, you know, just kind of just doing nothing, Mike. Well, dude, it's been nice. uh, it, 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 that's, that is nice. And But at the same token... I think the people listening to the show uh, would find it interesting that a you got attention uh, and essentially got signed because of the stuff that you were doing uh, on your own, yeah. uh, because of the stuff that yeah. you, you were self motivated to make your own content. I mean, you're one of the most, the, the one of the busiest. There was a point in time where, like, every fucking day, whether it was old or new yeah. footage that you were releasing, you were just dumping stuff out to the point where. Uh, that regularity, it would be like tuning into to your channel at that point, literally turning into yeah. like a television station. And so that ended up uh, really sort of paying off in the long run for you because you're not only keeping your skills fresh and not only are you working, but you're also showing folks the kind of shit that you like to do, the kind of stuff that you want to do and yeah. what you can pull off on your fucking own. Because this is, Crude and I were talking about this. This is a big thing right now where... Uh, him and I are getting gigs for food stuff because we can basically shoot it and handle all of it in our, in our house yeah. and cook the fucking yeah. food at the same time, which is, 
which is a big deal because, you know, you can't have fucking people hanging out, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, one-stop shop kind of people are, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're going to be in demand because, you know, it's, I, I really believe like until there's some kind of a cure and this thing goes away, um, you know, uh, productions are going to be smaller mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there, I remember at the beginning I had a commercial company reach out to me and they wanted a one sheet. Um, with basic, all my basic info, what equipment I owned, pictures of, uh, our house, uh, pictures of Hillary and I, you know, and, you know, I think they were trying to case us to, to rob us, but nothing ever came of it. But, you know, I, it, it is, you, it is funny when I put that together, I was like, yeah, you gotta, you, you know, all these, it's nice. Uh, I, yeah, COVID, it's quarantine. I, I'm not going to say it's nice because people are really hurting, but. You know, for creativity, personally, I found it to be, um, yeah. I don't know. I was yeah. making stuff at the beginning because I was scared and I didn't know. I had a couple of really fun opportunities that completely vanished, as a lot of us did, right yeah. when it happened. Yeah, yeah. And so there was like, oh, well, I could just sit around and watch, and, you know, I could watch Netflix or I can make my own Netflix. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, that's good. You know, that's. And, uh, yeah, it was just more of like, I got to do something. Otherwise I'm going to lose my mind. But, um, well, dude, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so, so weird. It's good, man. Cause not only, not only is it, you know, helping you get through your shit or, or was helping you get through your shit. Uh, but also you're, you're building an audience base and people are really, you know, I turned a lot of folks onto your account and a lot of people are like, I love what he's fucking doing. And it's like, it, you forget you. that at the end of the day, you know, especially being older, you are all you're, you're like, oh, look, you had to be on TV. You had to be into this big stuff in order to reach people. But it, it, all it was a doing from the beginning was just regularly broadcasting into people's homes. And so the benefit, yeah. one of the one of the few benefits, I feel like one of the benefits of social media is that if you are creative and you are persistent and you are broadcasting regularly, you know, like we do, you know, our main show every, every Tuesday intentionally because it becomes a rhythm and then humans, humans love rhythms. Humans love that shit. And so, uh, as long as you're consistently releasing stuff, they become comfortable with you. Um, and so it's it's a big, it's a big part of it, man. There's a reason why, you know, people fucking turn on the fucking baseball game every day. Uh, yeah, we, uh, the reason why McDonald's is so successful, you go there and you know exactly what kind of cheeseburger you're going to get every time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to be different. Yeah. 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 So. I think consistency is important, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, um, I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, a lot of friends I know, filmmakers that are, they're all doing this, uh, you know, self-generated content right now. And, uh, you know, you know but he's a, he's a guy named uh, the Peter Schnob. He's on Instagram. He makes a lot of funny stuff. Mm-hmm. My buddy Marshall Cook. Marshall Cook has been putting out a video every week. And, uh, you know, my buddy Johnny West, uh, They, him and his wife, they just made a short film all, all on their own. Ten minutes they made. Uh, you nice. know, and so, yeah, I think we're, we're kind of turning inward because, uh, you know, you got you to gotta keep that creativity muscle flexing. 
Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is hard. I mean, every time I make something, it's it's not like I'm skipping around having a great time. It's there is a level of you know having to uh, force yourself to to get it done because it's like you know you got to do playback and you got to <laughs> set up a tripod. You know, mm-hmm. I used to make stuff very quickly. Whenever I would make my own generated content before quarantine, I would kind of. Uh, I would try to do it as fast as possible as if I was going to the doctor or something and I wanted to get it over with. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. because of quarantine, there's been a real kind of, you know, nice, relaxing, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to give myself six hours to just chill and set it up, find the most interesting shot. So, that's nice. yeah, I mean, this for me, like creatively, this whole quarantine Hollywood shutdown has, it honestly really just recalibrated my mind and was like, you know, made me uh, focus on what's important. And to mm-hmm. me, what's the most important thing is, you know, having an idea and sharing it with the world and everything else is, is bullshit to me. So I'm just trying to focus on that. And that's all I want to do from now on, you know, and I was, uh, yeah, I guess I was doing a lot of things I didn't really want to do prior to, to quarantine just to make money and uh yeah 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 they're just i'd rather not do that i mean that's not why i got into filmmaking but i think you get comfortable and you get scared because you know you and i both are freelance and you got to mm-hmm. take things and you know, sometimes we got to take a job or two but i don't know i was taking some low budget bullshit and yeah it's just it starts to weigh on you, man. It it really does, and then yeah. you, you you start getting into the you. It's a fear game where you're like, oh, yeah. oh my god. So I've got this job and I've got that job, but then I've got nothing else. And you have to remind yourself that that's the decision you fucking made. That's the that's the call you made when you decided that you were going to go freelance. Is that you <laughs> you may go five months without anything. And so yeah, exactly. if you're you have to be smart about how you save your loot. You have to keep your overhead way the fuck down, and then. Yeah. Uh, don't be stressed out and don't take jobs based upon stress because it never fucking fails. All no, those small yeah. jobs, those small gigs are always the biggest pain in the ass. Always. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I was collaborating with this small brand. I'm not going to say who they are, but really lovely people, you know, and you know, they told me up front, they didn't have a lot of money to do a commercial. And I was like, oh, I'll do it because you know, it's rare that I, get to do exactly what I want to do. But I remember kind of dreading it as I was location scouting and pulling it together. Cause I was literally going to do everything. Like I was, I was going to cut it. I was, I had no, I barely had any money to hire a crew. So it mm-hmm. could be very small. Mm-hmm. And you know, my company was going to absorb all the insurance costs. And at the end of the day, I think I would have made like 800 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to do this. This is like a, if it was a short film, then that's another thing, but yeah. doing something where you're selling a product, I'm like, you guys can't get me like three times the amount of what you're offering me. It was very slow. And, you know, COVID happened and I was bummed out, but I was also not totally, I think you really got to feel something. You got to be completely into it. Yeah. And I think if you're not completely into it, then you best be getting paid uh, good money to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because it's a, your time is worth something. You know? Exactly, and your time is your time. A hundred percent of the time, your time is worth more than you think it is. 
And it isn't until you're in that, the thick of it. It isn't until you've had the five revision notes because you didn't put together a contract. It isn't until uh, you, you, you don't know if you're being released from this client or are all of a sudden like you're deep, you're digging into your own funds in order to pull it off because the client has no more money. And they claim that you, you, you find yourself in this nightmare because initially that, that anxiety, that stress of like, I don't have a fucking job right now. It's like, well, it's fine. If you don't have a job, it's fine. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be working. I'm busier than I ever have been over the past year after moving and everything else that I did, I'm still incredibly busy and I've only worked a fraction of what I, I have worked in the past. Uh, well, cause you're, you're working on yourself and you're working on your own yeah. bigger thing, you know? So yeah, I mean, I think for, cause so many, you have so many aspiring filmmakers that listen to podcasts. I think like, you know, if you have no material and you're unsure about where to start, then yeah, absolutely take take those I think it's okay to take those lower budgeted jobs because you're you know you're building your voice sure. and you're building your reel and there's no way you know you can't learn without trying so I think when you get up to our old age <laughs> and where we're like we, we've been through it all and we we've seen all the bullshit mm-hmm. which you know the young the young guys that are and the girls that are starting out you're gonna go through that as well um, yeah, you get to a stage where you're like, uh, my time is valuable. I'd rather stay at home and smoke meat or count my espresso beans <laughs> and not do your stupid bullshit music video passion project garbage yeah. bullshit, okay? Yeah. Take it and shove it up your ass. <laughs> pay me. And even if you pay me, look, I did a job. Um, uh, I'm going to have no friends after this podcast. I did a job a couple of years ago. <laughs> Uh, and it was a uh, music video. It was like four music videos, uh, all shot together in like over the course of a weekend. And, you know, once again, very lovely people, very nice. They asked me to come on board. They had the story and the concept all fleshed out uh-huh. already. I was just going to simply come on and execute. And, you know, I remember there was like a little voice in my mind saying like, you know, if you're a director, you shouldn't put your name on this thing, but they were going to pay me well, but I wasn't totally in line with the idea. And I remember regretting it. Like later on, I was like, ah, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want, and your, your stuff's going to live with you forever. I did a short film one time in my twenties. I DP'd it. And it was this guy. These are all very nice people. <laughs> oh my God, I'm stuck. <laughs> but anyway, I'm being very big, but you know, we did this short, and it was fine. It was like a five minute short. And this guy gave me like all the credit, special thanks, art direction, everything. I didn't ask for all these credits. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, whenever you went to my IMDb, this short was like featured <laughs> on my page. And I'm like, I don't want to be, I have so much other work. I don't want to be known for this <laughs> thing I did on a Saturday for 500 bucks. Yeah. So you got to be careful what you say yes to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. you don't know how someone's going to use your brand or, or your name or your, you know, whatever it is that you're bringing to the table. And I think, you know, you should, it's okay to like help friends. I yeah. always believe in that, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Change your name, maybe, you know, Alan Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's smart. I mean, basically we're just, you know, we, you're fighting that anxiety of like, Hey, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything, but also 
We're dealing with a business where you can't get good at something unless you start doing it and unless you practice it. So there's yeah. a, there's a level of that that you also have to do. But we're also dealing with a business right now uh, where the clients and the producers understand that they have you kind of bent over the barrel, that there are 100,000 yeah. different people that could do exactly what it is that you do. So this is a fantastic opportunity. If you hear that term thrown at you, this is a fantastic opportunity, just turn that, th just throw yeah. it right back at them and go, this is throw a fantastic opportunity for you to work with me because you need me as much as I need a job yeah. right now. So anytime you hear a fantastic opportunity, or if you hear it's going to be really fun, or, um, you know, or you're going to hear like it's going to be really easy. Anytime any producer or director tries to butter you up and by saying like how lovely it's going to be, it's going to be the opposite of that. Yes. It's going to be the complete opposite. Because, and this is how I equate it. My best jobs have always been the ones where I'm getting paid a great rate. Yeah. Those have always been the easiest jobs. Those have always been the jobs where it's like, oh, everyone knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's a light day. We're not doing a thousand setups. Everyone knows what they want. It's the jobs where they're trying to get you to work for a hundred bucks or this is back, you know, in my twenties or, you know, 500 bucks or something like that where, you know, it's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're stretching. Those are the worst ones. That's when they do a 16 hour day, Yeah. you know, and it's like, it's ridiculous. I mean, People only have so much energy. Yeah. And I think it's just a sign of being green because, you know, the more you progress through the industry, the more you realize, like, you don't need to be a perfectionist. You don't need to get that, you know, 30,000 shots. If you do, then take one day to do that setup. You know what I mean? Just like yeah, exactly. compromise. Because the most important thing on the set is the morale of the cast and crew and morale can come in the form of everyone getting paid really well. So if you're working hard, but everyone knows they're making a good living, then they can kind of sacrifice. But if you're not paying people well and you're working the, the shit out of them, you're going to get a pissed off crew. And I should know I made a feature where I wasn't paying people well and I worked the shit out of them <laughs> and I would have to fart into a microphone and make them laugh constantly because I wanted them to forget. I made a feature on the road and I, you know, we shot it across country called Zen dog and everyone uh -huh. was in a bus as we were going from San Francisco to New York. Good Lord. And you know, I kind of designed it in a way. I don't think I did this on purpose, but I was like, all of the cast and crew are trapped. There's no way they can get off this ship. So they're going to work 15 hours. What and a you're not fucking villain. Because we're in the middle of Nebraska. What are you going to do? <laughs> what a fucking villain. <laughs> and I'm the worst. I give you all this advice, and I'm giving you advice about me. <laughs> I'm looking into a mirror right now. Yeah. Straight from the mouth of the bad guy right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, no, dude, it's it's valid stuff, and and uh, I was talking earlier on the show, like I've been helping Gina out because Gina's been doing um her big music video stuff, and we yeah. uh, have been going through, uh, and I've been she's now diving into doing music video stuff, coming out of uh, being a still photographer, amazing still photographer, and now that raw talent is coming into. Uh, the music video world and there's just you know there's a bunch of differences with with uh, still photography it's all about perfection it's all about like finding yeah. the most perfect moment and everybody's going to be staring at that image and, and trying to decipher what that image means and putting their own fucking story behind it uh, and so with 
uh, stills, you have to be incredibly meticulous. It's like every gradient means something, every fucking edit means something. Uh, but then as you make your transition into video, video is a lot different. Uh, you're yeah. not as meticulous unless you're fucking, you know, doing, uh, you know, uh, James Cameron's new movie. You're, yeah, you're, unless you have a budget. Yeah, yeah, you're not as meticulous about it because the audience is a lot more forgiving about that sort of thing. And yeah. it's more about broad strokes. And uh, we've been talking about uh, how to be as uh, efficient. And it's almost better to be efficient for your, A, uh, to meet your deadlines, but B, for your sanity. Because as, you, yeah. as you're scrubbing through, you know, you had to do, you know, 30 takes to get the thing perfectly. And it's like, you don't have to go through every second of those 30 takes. Literally just yeah. scrub through them at high speed and look for something that stands out and then start yeah. there. Um, and I think a lot of people are, especially when you're getting into it, I think a lot of people are like, no, it has to be, I have to be a perfectionist about this. I have to go through this. I have to look at every piece of material. You don't find something that speaks to you. Yeah. And, and then that starts as a starting point and you'll be building out of that and you'll be building off of that. And you may end up getting through all that footage, but you'll at least have direction while you're going through that right. footage because you're trying to build something that has inspired you. And that's the point that you're getting at. Um, and it's, yeah, especially if it's abstract or something, yeah, you, know, you want to, yeah, dude, you know, I, I, the way I edit and, um, I, it's always been helpful for me. I like watching everything in real time. <laughs> um, you know, and then I watch it once and I trim out the fat. So you trim out all the moments where the camera is getting ready, you know, setting up for the shot or the clapper is in the shot. And then you kind of go through and then I watch it a second time. And I always find like the first time all of the, those images get stored somewhere in your mind. And the second run is when you can start seeing like, Oh yeah, I remember that that I saw on the first run that's popping out again. So that must be it, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I just think it depends on how you work. Um, but yeah, if you're shooting like a bunch of slow motion, oh, dude, abstract dude. macro stuff, yeah, you got to scrub through it. You got to scrub through it. I mean, there's a difference with performance. Performance is important. And if you're going through performance yeah. and you're looking yeah. at performance, that's, that's definitely important. Shot, yeah. Dude, but yeah. like for music videos, and you start to play that game of like, what exactly what is it that I'm looking for and what is the story yeah. that I'm telling? And especially if you're capturing like performance stuff, you're just like, okay, how long do I have to stare at a close up of a guy fingering the top of a guitar? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So you, you exactly. just, you got to understand what you're getting into and, and be as efficient about it as possible. And then just find your direction. I mean, ultimately, that's what we're doing as directors in the edit room, anyways, is looking for a sense of direction, looking for something yeah. that inspires us and something that, that uh, tells us what this piece is going to be. Um, yeah, and then you're right. You just, then you just you're just building on it, right? You know, it's very similar to cooking food, mm -hmm. and you know, it's just you're not gonna sit there and make sure every slice of garlic is completely perfect. You're just gonna keep keep the momentum going, unless unless right up anyway. Unless you're in prison, like in uh, Goodfellas, where he's yeah. Uh... That's exactly what I was thinking as I said it. <laughs> like when they were, that was the best prison. They they had bread and wine. Yeah, it was like a, it was uh, Paul Servino and uh, yeah, yeah. Who else was it? Was it De Niro in there too? I, I don't know if he was in prison at that uh, point. No, Ray Liotta. De Niro was at a different prison. Ray Liotta was there, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. dad was the one making the 
thought. That was his actual dad, <laughs> the bald guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, Servino was like slicing the garlic with a razor blade because he, yeah, cause he, he had... Yeah, he was so thin. It, it, it was, was like paper. I forget the word. It was like he was in COVID. You know what I mean? It's like he yeah. was like it was yeah. COVID time. Yeah, it was pretty good. Dude, I would slice my garlic that thin because of that movie. That movie, that movie made me want to make movies. I saw it when I was... I think 12 or 13 oh, yeah. and it it hit me so hard i was like that was the i can remember watching that movie and thinking like oh the movie can be this like this is incredible this movie is that to me is like that movie jumps off the screen it's it's totally its own thing yeah and uh oh my god it's the best movie i it truly is my favorite scorsese movie of all time it's one of the it's one of the greats uh, good fellas. Incredible. That whole 20 minute cocaine scene where he's run from the helicopters, it's like if that's his own movie within the movie. And you, you know? could totally ah. see uh, the influence that that had on Wolf of Wall Street when he. Oh, yeah. 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 Wolf of Wall Street is good songs, but on Wall Street, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, more cocaine. Yeah. 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 yeah and Quaaludes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway rick it's been really good talking to you i gotta let you yeah, go man. um yeah thank you let's uh talking to you guys. yeah happy birthday my man and thank uh, you dude appreciate it and that Thanks, what were you saying what were you saying liam no, i was saying happy birthday thank you man you don't talk on much to you it's fun <laughs> i knew he was there quietly listening you like contacting all these old commercial people i work with like, this guy, this podcast. <laughs> i have them on the phone on my end <laughs> looking up music videos <laughs> <laughs> exactly man i love everyone i work with you know it's like every job you do is a stepping stone it's a learning you know it's a lesson i think if you're young and you're getting into this Say yes to all of it because honestly, some of my worst jobs I've ever had are like my most cherished memories right now. And I can go back to them and relive those experiences and they're fun in hindsight. During the process, they're insane. But, yeah. you know, I think they teach you. They teach. I worked on one of the craziest feature films ever uh, when I was in my late 20s as a DP. And that 10 weeks of working on that film, which was a runaway train, into nowhere it was insanity it taught me more than four years of film school it really did yeah. it, it just these experiences teach you they're just you're constantly pushing you to you know understand what your voice is and what you want to do you know yeah that's about it totally yeah. agree man all right well yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go rick but uh all we'll, right, thanks, guys. we'll catch up soon buddy okay cool Take it easy, guys. all right see you bud. Bye. all right that was Rick Dars, everybody. Uh, went. Uh, I, I I always love getting him on the phone because uh, <laughs> he's one of the funniest dudes in the world, uh, and he's uh, a little bit insane uh, during COVID. So I love that. <laughs> uh, what'd you think, Leo? You guys went on a fucking journey. <laughs> well, you're there. quiet. You're quiet in the background. This is Liam here. You don't talk all much, do you? It's fun. Fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys started spouting conspiracy theories about COVID, is when I tapped out of the conversation, and then I tuned back in when you motherfuckers were actually dropping hard knowledge. I'm like, God damn it! How did this get all actually good? Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. Um, 
So is there anything that, because uh, I, I sprung this episode on you, so I don't expect you to be prepared with anything. <laughs> yeah. Is there uh, is there anything that you wanted to talk about on the show, buddy? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, we got You don't talk all much, do you? <laughs> no. It's fun. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just saying in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see how uh, things are doing. Oh, what in general with uh, yeah. with the lockdown and everything? Oh well, no, because I'm I'm moving back uh, to the east. Are you uh, Are you going to do that no matter what? Yeah, yeah. I looked at it. I'm I'm moving back down to Philly, and then uh, and then we're going to see how New York looks. But mm-hmm. you know, that's that's basically the idea. My my roommates already have my uh, my room rented out to somebody else starting next uh, next month. So, oh wow, wow, wow! So oh, yeah. you're so you're out. I know. Yeah, that's it fine. Is what it is. Well, we'll still be working together. We'll do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Do everything remote. I mean, we've been remote anyways. It's so funny that you came out here to California <laughs> to work with me, and uh, we worked together for what, like uh, two months, a month, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's been remote the whole time. Yep, I I got to move across the country to work from my bedroom. Yeah, it's exciting. Oh yeah, it was, it's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> no this is yeah and then and then getting this hey we're, we're doing an episode tomorrow turns out it's wishing rick a happy fucking birthday and hearing the conspiracy theories of the week with you too that was uh yeah uh, was that uh was that uh was that turning on the rage was that what was going on uh, that's showbiz, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that I think we've hit a point where uh, we're gonna tune out. Um, I appreciate all you guys listening to the show. Uh, this was just originally just gonna be a check-in episode, but it turned out to be almost a full-length episode with a guest. <laughs> it's uh, like a Ninety minutes. I know it's hysterical, man. Um, so I appreciate everybody listening, and as always, please follow. Uh, us on Instagram, follow the show, the podcast in love with the process pod on Instagram. That's in love with the process pod on Instagram. Um, I know Liam is still doing the Reddit stuff. What is the Reddit information, Liam? Yeah, it's, uh, it's in love. It's r slash in love with the process. It's our subreddit. Um, we actually, some people have been on there, man. I've been having conversations with people and, uh, it's been really good. That's great. Actually. I haven't, I haven't checked in in a while. So there've been people communicating. Yeah. Because uh, we mentioned how, how nobody was talking, uh, you know, somebody jumped in and was like, "Hey, you know, I'm really enjoying this stuff. Heard it was dead over here, and then we had a good conversation. Some other people, you know, we've been, we've been, it's been, a, it's been a lively group. Well, good. I'll have to check in. Maybe I'll turn in today and I'll check it out, see what's going on. Um, yeah. And then, as always, guys, also go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. Uh, this isn't a sponsored episode, but if you want to help out the show, there's a bunch of ways to do so. Just click on the sponsors link and donation links that are there. Um, and, uh, as always follow me on Instagram at Mike Petchy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of what's going on. I'm going to leave you guys with a little bit of uh, code electro, which is coming up in the background now. And, uh, I'm super excited. Thank you everybody who's continuing to support the show. Even those of you who have donated to the show with your cash uh we've been able to get all this new equipment uh which you're hearing the results of today so thanks so much everybody
what's the best advice to someone who wants to be a director? And the answer I give is very simple. Be a director. Pick up a camera, shoot something, no matter how small, no matter how cheesy, no matter whether your friends and your sister star in it, put your name on it as director. Now you're a director. Everything after that, you're just negotiating your budget and your, and your fee.